0: what we consume ahoy ahoy and welcome to what we consume a show about all the things we put into our
1: minds and bodies i'm your host king hagathor and with me as always is hey it's me kevin i'm a different person today everything has changed over the last uh four days Uh, it's gonna be crazy i'm gonna be smarter and more eloquent and you know uh, everything's just different You'll, uh, you'll know why eventually, I guess somebody will probably bring it up. But uh, just living living life now. And with us as always is Michael.
2: I'm here, and I'm just gonna go ahead and bring it up. Kevin has glasses, and it he's acting like he's that kid from um, was it King Arthur or whatever, or Sir Lancelot? the the whole bit from the Fairly Odd Parents where they gave the kid the glasses and he like became super buff and strong. He's I like, can I can see, I can fight. fight
1: oh my dude, that is me I am buff and strong and I got glasses now oh my oh yeah oh I'm gonna have to watch that episode you guys I'm gonna, I'm gonna look that up and watch it
2: I'm also yeah. drinking yeah, I have... a zero sugar ginger ale and it is disgusting
1: nah, zero sugar ginger ales are great are you uh, did the doctor tell you you had to drink like uh, less sugar or something we were out of
0: pee piss
1: that'll happen yeah so they was not. It's just because you don't have anything else. Yes. Damn. Well, did you ever get your uh, stomach thing fixed?
2: Yeah, I'm on like two medications for
1: it. Three. Two. Cool. Two. Look at us, all of us getting healthy. You know, changing our bodies <laughs> nah. for the better.
0: No. <laughs> no, nah. nah. I'm er- I'm remaining the little sweat goblin I've always been. So. Last week, we set up the scene for the Dutch East India Company's arrival in the Spiceries, or the Spice Islands. Modern-day Indonesia, the Philippines, etc. After their first few years of decent but sporadic training, Admiral Verhoeven, also known as Admiral Verhoeven, I couldn't understand why, but like he got addressed as both names, uh, he attempted to be a bit more forceful with the Bandanese for their nutmeg, only to meet his fate when he was too cocky around him. So... They cut off his head.
1: I wonder well if it's deserved. because... Oh, sorry.
2: I was just saying well-deserved.
1: I wonder if he got called two names because... Th- these are from Netherlands, right? Yeah. I wonder if, like... like uh, Because like, they well, have like, their own... Linguistically,
2: they said it differently.
1: Well, they have their own language, and then they have English. I wonder if, like... The English w- version is Verhoeven, and the Netherlands version is um Vanderhogen or whatever.
0: I, I think it'd actually be the other way around, where Verhoeven is the Dutch version, but Verhoeven is uh, yeah. the English. But in any case, uh, I'm just going to continue calling him Verhoeven, but Verhoeven is like, uh, like the director Verhoeven, like, you know, Starship Troopers, Robocop, like... It's spelled the same way. Uh, I don't know if he's related or not. It would
1: be interesting, but in any case, Starship Troopers was an experience when you're younger. So it got boobies and sex in it, and it's got like alien, um, like the bugs and stuff. It's it's got everything a kid really needs, you know, to make him a well-rounded human being when he's when he gets older. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to cover it one day. Uh, I got the book, but I haven't read it yet. I didn't even um, know it was a book. I thought it was just like a crazy film that they made up. Nah, you you'd be surprised. There's quite a few of your favorite movies are
0: at least loosely based on books. Well, at least they used to be.
1: A lot of them have been made now. So like now we're getting. I mean. So, since we're doing oh. Nutmeg, and this is about spices and stuff, are we going to uh-huh. cover Dune Part 2 uh, this year, since they kind of tie in? I've considered it. Um, I think that comes out in March. So I, I think so, and by the time you get done with all the episodes, it'll be March. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: um, That's a yeah, lot, because like, we'd have to watch Dune 1. Nah. Yeah, and I... I'd have to reread the book or we can all just read the book and just do a book episode.
1: I would commit to reading the book, but you would have to tell me to do it right now because no lie, would probably take me the whole, the whole, until like March to do it. Might be a little bit easier now that you can actually see. <laughs> I actually do think it would be easier for me to read because I was noticing like uh, as I was reading and stuff, it is harder even though like the it, like it was closer but it was like harder for me to focus on like the lines and now everything's like very crisp and i i think i guess because it's just like like because you like live like your eyes like deteriorate over time and you just like get used to it i guess i forgot how like crisp things are supposed to look Yeah, it's like going from standard to HD. Yeah, it's it's, really
2: fun to go shower because you're like, oh, I don't have vision anymore, and I have to clean myself.
1: Well, (laughs) mine's not that bad. I can like take my glasses off and still live normal life. Now, what I have noticed is that there was the distant shit was a lot blurrier than I like thought. I thought it was just like words and shit, but it was like like out there, like things were actually like. Blurry. Trees I thought it, like, like they were painted. Yeah, like but and like when I put on my glasses now, I can uh, like I mean they're like I said, it's all crisp. And I just was like, oh, that's just how shit looks. But I didn't notice. Now I take them off and I can like notice the contrast instantly. It's wild. What what is happening over there? My my,
2: my dog's coming to visit me, and he's just here.
1: Get him a little headset, and he can uh, be part of the podcast.
2: I'm sure he would love that. Yeah. Don't touch
1: that. Uh,
0: so, we'll get to the Dutch's res- response to Verhoff being exed uh, in a bit. But to do that, we're going to need to rewind time a little bit to discuss the protagonist of our episode. And by protagonist, I simply mean the person we're going to be following, because make no mistake, he's an absolute villain. His name all was. Villains. Well, that's also fair. Uh, his name was Jan Peterzoon Kuhn. It's spelled like Cohen, but I guess it's pronounced Cohen. He related uh, to the Cohen brothers. Yeah, so we got uh, we got Verhoven and the Cohen brothers. So he was. Baptized on January 8th, 1587 in the village of Twisk, which is near Horn. And I say he was baptized, we don't know exactly when he was born, but that's, like, the best date we have, because that'd be, you know, probably in the month or so after being born. Uh,
1: And his father was a strict Calvinist. Why was him being, look, is him being baptized, like, a significant, like, thing? It's just the only date we have. Oh, okay, uh,
0: okay. like relatively figure out how old he he was okay 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 yeah so his father was a strict calvinist and as you remember from the last episode like the calvinists really hated the catholics because the catholics were dicks to them
1: catholics were dicks to everybody besides like even themselves they were dicks too yeah and this
0: was like just shortly after the uh christian uh or the Protestant referendum, which is why the Calvinists, the Lutherans, and everyone started popping up. So when he was 13, Cohen was sent to Rome, where they secured a position. His parents secured a position with a Dutch merchant. Might have been a distant relative, it could have been just somebody they knew. There he learned Italian, Spanish, Portuguese, French, and Latin. And he also learned bookkeeping and general accounting. So this dude's like running around at 13, like learning how to do other people's taxes and shit in 1607 cone accompanied the voc's fourth fleet to the east indies as a junior merchant this was verhoff's fleet he was in the fleet when verhoff was decapitated and the event had a profound impact on him like it's a core memory
1: was he still third wait was he still a teenager you
0: said no. At this point, he would have been roughly twenty. Okay. Uh, so you
1: jumped from thirteen to twenty-one. So he's just doing the taxes and money stuff. Yeah,
0: he's he's learning the trade. He's learning like he's studying all kinds of stuff, but like mainly he's learning languages and accounting and bookkeeping. He's probably also learning a bit of like other things. Um, I don't know how much sailing he actually learned, or if he was just a passenger on these voyages but so he he's learning all this and then like he sees the you know the absolute top dog just get decapitated in the woods by a bunch of islanders and he's it's affecting
2: it's like that scene from game of thrones where uh aria has to watch ned stark get beheaded in front of everybody
0: kind of except it's a lot like less organized than a beheading because this was This was a massacre.
1: (laughs) I also think your dad's head getting cut off is probably way more brutal than just, like, the leader, you know? Because he was the leader plus her dad.
2: He could have been, like, a father figure to him. I don't know. We weren't Yeah, it's hard to
0: say. I couldn't find any information on, like, how much they actually interacted prior to that. Uh, So, with Verhoff dead, Simon Hohen uh, was promoted to, uh, like, his place temporarily. And from the Merchant Kings, by the way, there's two books I read for this. One of them uh, was the Merchant Kings by uh, Stephen R. Baum. And then I've got another book that I'll bring up later. But from uh, Merchant Kings, quote, He began to execute and practice all revenge possible by attacking islanders, burning villages, burning and destroying boats, and plundering anything of value. After some of his troops suffered a a defeat by the Bandanese forces on July 26th, Hone retreated and ordered a naval blockade of the island to stop the food imports vital to the survival of the people and to bring commerce to a halt. Soon, many of the Orangkaya were willing to accede the company's demands. They sat down to negotiate with the Dutch invaders. On August 13th, they begrudgingly agreed to the Dutch monopoly over the nutmeg trade. All incoming ships now had to present themselves at Fort Nassau for inspection and to obtain a pass. The uh, the entire island of Nera was to become a dominion of the Dutch East India Company, quote, to be kept by us forever.
1: So he to he took over and then he negotiated this? Is what yeah, I got?
0: Uh, essentially the like so the two main islands of uh Lothor and, and um Nera are like right next to each other, like within a cannon shot of each other. And after, after they like had some fighting with the locals where like people died on both sides, and the Dutch like were just like burning shit to the ground. They suffered a defeat. I'm not sure how many troops they lost in that defeat, but they pulled back to uh, their ships and then just blockaded the island so nobody could come in or go out. Okay. And at this point, the uh, islanders had been trading for so long that they weren't. They were no longer self sufficient. Because they would trade like their nutmeg for like rice and other like staples from the mainland or other islands, so but they with weren't, that blockade, they weren't there was nothing they me. could do.
1: Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, you can't basically, just live off of nutmeg. Basically, they just yeah. like smoked them out or waited them out. You know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just making sure I was understanding what was happening. Yeah, yeah I think you uh, got it.
2: Just the Dutch being shit. to... Totally. To uh, indigenous island people,
1: I mean, it's war. It's war tactics. The same thing happened to. Uh, uh, was it the? It was the, the same thing happened to. Was it the Confederates or am I thinking of the French and? Which war am I thinking of? Was it our War of Independence, or is it was it the Confederate War, to where they. Like stopped their ships from supplying them. Yeah, they they did that in both wars. Was they did that probably okay. in
2: every war, about.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a I mean, it's a big tactic. It works, right? It does work. Might as well.
2: Yeah. Now we just put embargoes on places.
1: Same thing. It's just you don't have to round your. Well, they still round. They still like put their naval ships like right on the lines, don't they? When Oftentimes, they embargo, yeah. yeah. I mean, like the, it. It depends on the type
0: of embargo, but. Uh... Yeah, for something like that. Yeah, it's usually it usually needs to be enforced by actual, like naval with action set
2: of words.
0: Yeah, because otherwise, like if you like, there's plenty of people who are just like, okay, yeah, like we won't send them anything.
1: Yeah, send them stuff. Because I think like our navies and stuff are like watching those waters, and they go and literally board those boats and check like why they're going there yeah so the
0: next year in 1610 cone returned to the netherlands with a newly hardened hatred for the bandamese as well as the english who he suspected assisted in the revolt not sure exactly like what he expected the english like what he suspected the english of doing but he was certain that like They didn't just come to that idea on their own.
1: But was the English even there when they decided to do that?
0: The English had had ships in and out of there uh, for a while. Well, They
2: went down the block a little bit because the Dutch were like, hey, you need to stop doing that. So the the English
0: were kind of down the block. Yeah, they went to one of the more remote islands called I. And uh, there's another one called Rune, and they would just uh, trade on those because... The Dutch were mostly focused on the two islands that were close together at this point. He was, uh, yeah, uh, so Cone was 25 at this point. So now I'd like to give you a description of, of him from the book Merchant Kings. Quote, the man stares from his portrait with rigid, self-righteous indignation. Sleek and manicured, Jan Petersen Kohn was a man of impeccable grooming, from his slicked hair to his neatly trimmed Van Dyke beard, from his coiled mustache to his expensive clothes. His embroidered doublet is patterned with paisley that has been detailed, trimmed, uh, around the seams. His neck ruff is starchy and perky, and he stands erect and stiff, almost regal, while his left hand grips the handle of a sword. His lean and hungry face is dominated by a large hooked nose and eyes that do not betray a shred of humor or liveliness. His eyes are his most distinguishing characteristic. They, knew, they do not hint at warmth, forgiveness, humanity, or empathy. They are hard and shiny like little pebbles. Overall, the painting conveys the impression of humorless arrogance.
1: Damn, it sounds like a bad man. It sounds like a cool picture. Is there a... There's uh, is there any like paintings or anything of him? I li- I li- yeah, one second. I, li- I like that it said he stood erect and with his left hand. Yeah, you could have. He they could have totally went somewhere else with that one.
2: He was gripping his sword, if you know what I mean.
1: Exactly. This
2: guy just sounds kind of like a, a an asshole demon man,
0: but you know. Yeah, he seems like a hard guy to like. So, unfortunately, this uh, picture's pretty small, or it's not going to work, and I'll have to grab
1: another one. Oh, my God. You know those pictures you sent last week? Uh-huh. I fucking just thought they were blurry. They are not blurry. Jesus. <laughs>
0: mm. Well, better late than never, I
2: suppose. You're living in a whole new world.
1: I, I really am. This is well, it's Weird.
0: So are you guys able to see that picture?
2: God, what a chode.
0: Imagine <laughs> wearing that fucking neck thing all the time. Yeah, I it, it's baffling that that was ever a fashion thing. Like, it seems so inconvenient and annoying. The rest of the outfit would probably be cool, but that neck thing?
1: That's, that's a no-no. Yeah. He looks like somebody that I know, and I can't think of the person... Like, I've seen this person before, but in, like, real life. He's a dickhole, too, and I cannot remember who I'm thinking of.
2: Like, I don't know you know personally it. or no? It yeah, it?
1: it's somebody I know personally. Huh. Okay. So,
0: he was a hard guy to like, and for good reason. Quote, those who associated with him learned to fear his grim pronouncements. I can only assume that means like he'd talk about things like how many people they had killed, how many people they were killing, or how many people they would kill in the future. It's just like we're gonna have to kill all these people and it's just like could we not?
1: Yeah. You can't I, say
2: that or you'll be one of those to be killed.
1: Like, bro, we're eating, you know. It's probably um, just how he thought like he should be a good leader, like just tell them that uh all this bad stuff's gonna happen and so it'll like Inside fear in them or inside, like that they think he's a bad dude yeah quote
0: with everyone he seemed to be locked in a death struggle from which only one could emerge victorious all challengers had to be crushed and all contracts enforced to the letter with force if necessary so it's like if the human personification of it's my way or the highway was given an absurd amount of power and the least pushback or consequences He's an immovable object. When does he face yeah. his unstoppable force? Yeah, so then uh, in 1612, he uh, he went sailing again, this time with a uh, general both. Cohn impressed him with his dedication, eagerness, and his clear understanding of the company's goals and operations. So much so that both promoted Cohn to chief bookkeeper and director of operations at Bantam. Or, sorry, Bantam. um uh, which is uh, on, I think it's uh, Brunei now, uh, or Borneo? I think it's Brunei. So this is like their main location at the moment in the Spiceries. Cohn would then write his treatise called Discourse on the State of India, which he submitted to the Harin 17, that's the 17 gentlemen, the directors of Dutch East India Company. Uh, He submitted that in uh, 1614. Simply put, he acknowledged that the spice industry was vital to economic prosperity and thus must be pursued aggressively, and if uh, any other nations, empires, or companies oppose their pursuit, then they must fall before the force of the Dutch East India Company. At one point, he wrote to uh, the directors, quote, Your honor should know by experience that trade in Asia must be driven and maintained under the protection and favor of your honor's own weapons, and that the weapons must be paid for by the profits from the trade, so that we cannot carry on trade without war, nor war without trade.
2: So he's essentially telling government, hey, you're supplying us uh, with arms, with the, the money that we're making for you.
0: It's essentially like, hey, look, we have to, like, we have to use war to make our trade possible. And we have to use what we make from the trade to fund our war so that... We, it's basically the military-industrial complex. Yeah. Like it's the war economy.
1: And I, I, Yeah. I guess that happened because he saw his leader get decapitated. So he was like, there's no other way. Let's just kill everybody and have war rather than, let's try to sit down and negotiate. I'm never going into the woods again with anybody.
0: Yeah, not not without, like, a shit ton of weapons. Yeah. Uh, so this would be killing two birds with one stone, as the Spice profit would greatly benefit the VOC, but would also work to damage the other empires, particularly Spain, who the Dutch hated for the occupation of the Netherlands. Um, Cohn argued that the Dutch had more right to the East Indies than Spain or Portugal because they used formal legal treaties and conquest while Spain and Portugal claimed they owned it due to papal decree like we're better than these Catholics because like we don't need a fancy guy in white robes telling us what to do like we go and fucking take it
2: you you know what they needed you know that MTV little short the separate our differences or whatever that's very problematic because of the other languages used in it. They needed to hear that. I'm not going to get into it because I'm not going to start saying the other languages' interpretations that MTV used for that. Because it's a uh, racist. Hasn't aged well? It, it 100% hasn't aged well.
1: Okay. I'm not sure what you're talking about. I'm just thinking well, of like... Uh... Like I'd how have to you, show
2: it too. You. You've for, seen it probably.
1: For some reason, when I go to M, like uh, when I think of MTV now, I only think of like the Rob Deerdick's uh, stuff, and then like like Nitro Circus. No, that's that's Travis Pastrana. His is like fan, oh, Fantasy Factory oh. and ridiculousness. Fantasy and, Factory and uh, Rob and Big, and then then the other stuff I think of is like what were those things with the like? There was one with the bus. And there was something with it. Was that MTV? And one with the taxi. It's like the dating, like weird dating stuff. Oh yeah, I think was one of them called Next. I think so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I didn't really watch a whole lot of MTV, but uh, I I'm pretty sure I've seen what Mike's talking about. But uh,
1: just I watched a lot of MTV, but at like night, so all of it was like Wild Boys and Jackass and. Uh, the bam margera stuff and then i watched all the robin big and fantasy factory stuff
2: i said separate our differences
0: i meant celebrate our differences now Celebrate I, our differences i'll have to check it out after the episode um so because the spices grew so abundantly in the region they were never in short supply meaning they could not in the Dutch's mind, they could not uh, tolerate competition from other empires or even other companies like the British East India Company, because like if they were buying them, they'd have like prices would go up mm-hmm. in the spiceries because like they'd be more demand, and spices or prices would go down back in Europe because there'd be different vendors selling it. Right. So to accomplish this, the Dutch would have to invest more in the weapons for which with which they defend their interests, so they could capture and hold a monopoly over the entire spice trade. From the islands they grew on all all the way back to Amsterdam and the rest of Europe. Like they wanted to control the entire, uh, like path that the uh, spices would take, the like everything except like picking the spices basically. Like, they wanted to control that, but they didn't want to, like, do that themselves. They wanted, you know, locals or slaves to do it.
2: Yeah. Why
0: why do the hard work when you can make the lesser people do it? Yeah. The Harin 17 found his an, uh, analysis so impressively ambitious that at just 28 years old, sorry, at just 28 years old, they promoted him from dir- er, sorry to Director General, which is the second highest rank. In the spiceries he's basically lived half his life at this point yeah pretty much Um, and and because of how ambitious his uh, treaties was their ambition grew as well they wanted not only cones vision of a total monopoly on the spice trade but to expand it to a total monopoly on essentially all Asian sea trade quote the silks from Persia the cloth from India the cinnamon from Ceylon the porcelain from China and the copper from Japan would be exchanged for the spice from the uh, Moluccas mul- uh, and the sandalwood from Timor, all under the supervision of the officials of the company. The VOC would be like a spider astride its giant web strands, stretching, from, stretching out to the shores of these distant lands none had visited, controlling all commercial activity throughout the vast, heavily populated regions. The profits, of course, would slide back to the investors in the tiny Netherlands on the other side of the
1: world. So this was like they just wanted everything that, like anything that was worth anything, they were like, "We're we're trading it, even if it's like, like go in the opposite way." There, they want to control. Is what yeah, he said. Um, it was is his proper is his proposition.
0: Be- yeah, and well partially his proposition and then they they turn it around and it's like yeah we want even more than that we want we want to control all of it imagine of it. liking yourselves to a spider in its web uh, that that was how merchant kings described them uh, so i i don't think they specifically went with that metaphor but that is essentially what they wanted to do so villainous oh yeah
1: that's uh, i mean it, it real that's like what that's like what every Villain movies made off of. They want to control the world. You know, it's just that's basically what they were doing. They want to control everything because
2: when we get further into Metal Gear, oh boy,
0: yeah, there's there's quite a few parallels. Um, of course, this was easier said than done, and despite moving up in the company, Cohn was still stuck as number two and uh, and could only do so much while being in a subservient position. Like, he may only be subservient to, like, one person, but he is still not Who, quite on top. Who's the guy above him right now? Um, I, Let's see here. Ju- it's Gerard Reinst, I think? Yeah, Gerard Reinst would be the... Like, after... After Hohen made it back from his voyage, uh, they replaced him with who they actually wanted to be the governor general, and that'd be Gerard Reinst.
1: And is that is that guy like a super baddie too?
0: No, not not really. We'll get to him in a Damn. little bit.
1: Damn, dude. They, they, um, he, uh, oh, I could, just forgot the main character's name of the episode. Uh,
0: Jan peterzoon Cohen.
1: Yeah, just just say Cohen. Cohen, he's gonna kill this guy, isn't he? He's he's gonna kill him. He's not this. This isn't. He's not gonna take uh, the leader for for natural ways. He's literally gonna coup him or something.
0: Uh, we'll get to if it. he's truly um,
1: evil, he will do it this
0: way. <laughs> um, well, like Co- Cohen's moving up this far already, like so quickly. Partially because he is like very mindful and insightful uh, about like what what to do to increase profits, but also because like a lot of people were just fucking dying because like they they've gone to like this tropical place with like a high population, so there's like a shit ton of diseases. Sailing is obviously dangerous. There's you ever heard of malaria? O- yeah, there's a few other ways people die, but um, but so like. He's very opportunistic, but, like, people are also just, like, dying, and because he's not, like, he's moving up that way, too. And some people get their heads cut off. So, while the Dutch East India Company was uh, fairly competently organized with a strict hierarchy and structure with the Harin 17 on top, the English East India Company was much looser. Each ship had a captain, and most were sailing on their own accord, with a few small groups forming, but overall relatively independent. They all agreed to be under the banner of the English East India Company in order to participate in trade in Asia without offending the monarchy. Or, you know, like falling, like falling to one of the other more ambitious captains. But they were all... Relatively free to pursue trade on their own volition, going where they wanted or cutting their losses and heading home as they
1: desired. So, so, so so they were technically, in this this sense, they were better than the other uh, than the East. The, or the wait, is it? These are both East
0: India companies. One's British. One's Dutch. But but the but the
1: British or the English one is better than the Dutch one because they are just a little bit nicer mm, i wouldn't call they, them nicer but they
0: they do end up for now coming away as like a better entity evo evils yeah yeah that's yeah, basically yeah. what i'm
1: saying but make
0: no make no mistake they they had plenty of atrocities on their hands as well they they kind of just like because the dutch were the Dutch just kind of overshadowed them with their like terrible villain schemes. Yeah. <laughs> so I want a billion dollars. Yeah, um, but but they were loosely organized and kind of incompetent uh, in this particular arena. The English also loved to shoot their cannons, taking nearly every opportunity to do so. So this is from the other book, "The Honorable Company" by John Key. Uh, quote to Lancaster and subsequent commanders it was self-evident that the morale and effectiveness or sorry efficiency of their crews demanded the firing of frequent
1: salvos. bro I'm gonna be honest if I had a cannon, I'd be shooting it all the time too. why well, have a cannon if you're not gonna play with the cannon you know like my morale would be down too is like guys we have we have like 12 cannons on this ship and we never use them let's, let's just let them loose every once in a while.
0: Yeah yeah just uh, make sure they're not live loaded so quote the indiscriminate firing of a few pieces often on the flimsiest of pretexts would account for a good many lives (laughs) so much so that in london the directors would be moved to protest that it was quite unnecessary to salute every port every passing vessel every visitor every imaginable anniversary yet if anything the practice grew and there was probably more gunpowder expended in ceremonial than in battle it's like the the
2: (laughs) thing that we do now with truckers where we they, they ask them to honk their horn, but you know, with cannons, yeah,
1: <laughs> it's for them not to kill you. you. You go by, and you're just like you know, blow your blow your cannon at us. Blow yeah. your cannon. <laughs>
0: so they were so excited to fire the cannons, they would occasionally cause casualties. Uh, John Key goes on to write, "quote With Captain Brand on the Ascension, who had the unusual misfortune of being shot by the guns of his own ship." In somber mood, he was being rowed ashore to attend the funeral of the Red Dragon's mate uh, when the Ascension's gunner let fly with the usual three-gun salute for a deceased officer. Unfortunately, the gunner, being not so careful as he should have been, had forgotten the guns were loaded and that the captain was in range. One ball scored a direct hit and slew the captain and the boatswain's mate, Stark dead. So that they went to see the funeral of another, both were buried themselves."
1: So he was at a funeral doing the, the gun salute and shot the other guy?
0: Yeah, basically, like, the, these boats were traveling together um, under, like, I think the Red Dragon was the commanding one, uh, but a lot of them were, like, getting scurvy and shit um, and a few other diseases. So, like, the, some of them died, including the Red Dragon's, uh, like, first mate. Um, so he was getting rowed ashore. And the guy was like, "Oh sweet, we get to fire the cannons. Three, three cannons for the, uh, like, for a dead officer." But he hadn't unloaded the ball because normally they just like set off the pow- powder, so it would be like really loud and booming. But it wouldn't fire anything. This guy forgot to take the cannonball out, and it just ripped through his own captain. <laughs> Jesus. like but, Friendly fire will not be tolerated.
1: Let me. Why was he even aimed at him? I thought when you do these salutes, you just like aim up into the air.
0: Well, with cannons, it's more just out the side or out the front of the of, of the ship. Like, they've got port... or Not portholes, but... Like, they have holes in the side of the ship specifically for the cannons. Uh, this guy just, like, set his off because he was excited to set it off. It wasn't aimed at him, per se. It was just... It lined up it, it, perfectly. It, was,
1: it wasn't aimed at him, but it was perfectly aimed at him to kill him. It was... <laughs> Yeah.
0: So, the English East India Company, currently not the most competent competition to the Dutch, but Cohn hated them anyway. To be fair, he pretty much hated everyone. He was disliked by uh, sorry quote He was disliked by his own men, having little tolerance for anything other than work and defeating the enemy. Cohn saw the lack of these essential characteristics in others as a failing. He despised the local people, considering them dishonorable, corrupt, and untrustworthy, but he was also repulsed by his own countrymen, disdaining their love of alcoholic drink and the less-than-strict morality of some of the female colonists. So, he hates the locals,
1: this dude yeah. just like ha-
0: the indigenous, he hates the English, he yeah. hates the Portuguese,
1: the Spanish, and he hates the Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet he hates himself a little bit inside. He 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 probably never got to admit it, but he he probably hated himself a little. He just this guy just didn't like fun. He was just like, oh, you guys are going to have fun. Well, oh, that's not fun. He's just you. You, you know those type of people who are like, oh, I just hate everybody. But you
2: know, typically they kind of hate maybe a different race a little bit more. He's more just I hate. He's an actual I hate everybody guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and. And like it might be that he hates himself. I I can I can see that argument. I also think he just loves himself, and he's just like, yeah. Anyone who's doing anything that's not like me
1: is a fucking idiot. Yeah. Like he's just so he's so righteous that he thinks his way is the only way. Yeah, yeah like, like how how can you going out and having sex and drinking and possibly be fun? Why don't you s- yeah. stay at home and plan a <laughs> and do <laughs> taxes <laughs> with me? This motherfucker's got
2: X's on his arms for straight... Or not arms, his hands for straight edge. Uh,
0: like, he's just like, hey, like, the proper way to do things is to sit at home and wait until it's time to kill, and then you go out and kill, and then you go back home and sit and wait
1: until it's time to kill.
0: <laughs> like, anyone doing any of this fun shit is an idiot.
1: What do you, what do people like that even do to, like, pass the time? He, he just, ponders. Like... like like if he doesn't drink or anything, like he's just sitting there with like his tea or something, and just sitting in a sitting. I guess he probably like reads a book or reads the paper or. I, well,
0: I, I would imagine he spends a lot of time jerking off into a mirror, but um, yeah, he, he's probably just you know planning, scheming.
1: No, yeah, uh, he jerks off into a mirror and he journals it every time he because he's got to write it down and see what the differences are he have got to write Just the, the tables
2: uh, the, the distance, the, the amount.
0: I have joked off once again today. God, I'm hot. <laughs> the pace, maybe. <laughs> Be, because of this hate for any and all people, but particularly the English, he would harass and frustrate them at every opportunity. In one such instance, in, in 1613, an English captain, John Jourdain, sailed to Ambon Island looking to trade for cloves. Cone's response was that Jourdain could buy clothes from the Dutch for an extra cost. Jordane wanted to purchase the cloves from the locals themselves, which Cone flat out refused. In a strongly worded letter, Cone told him that they had already purchased all the cloves on the island, and he was not to deal with the locals under any circumstances. He then sent notice to the villages, telling them if any of them traded with the English, then he would attack and burn down all their dwellings.
1: Jeez. This guy was like, hey, I want real authentic Chinese food. So I'm going to go to a real Chinese restaurant. And the guy was like, no, I own that. I'm white. You eat my Chinese food. But if you go to that one, I'm going to burn it down. We have
2: a a white-owned ramen shop in my hometown now. And it's the funniest thing ever because they're very Christian. Like in some of their posts, or their hashtags like "Jesus loves ramen." It kind of just like it's what it made me think of when you were talking about some white guy owning a Chinese restaurant.
1: That's interesting. Is it like, are they trying to be like? I know it's. I know it's the ramen place. Are they trying to be like super authentic, or are they trying to like have like a, a twist on it? I don't really know how
2: authentic ramen can be because I've only had either a chain place or
0: there, but it was, I don't, I, I couldn't tell you for sure. Because I know. I, I i took a look at the menu. It looks like it's mostly, like, relatively traditional styles, like tonkotsu and um,
1: yeah.
0: sh- uh, Shoyu, but uh, I think they did also have a couple of, like, interesting flair, you know. And their Dude. interesting flares were, like, one of them was, like, in reference to, like,
2: Our hometown is, or my hometown is Rome or whatever. So it's based off of like three rivers or stuff like that. So it's not like it's anything like Jesus-y related. It's just their posts are Jesus-y related. Yeah. I can't wait for them to post, you can't spell ramen without almond. I'm still waiting for that one. That's a dude. You You should message them that. I bet they use it within the week. I would buy it as a t-shirt, and I
0: would hate myself for it, too. <laughs> uh, one, of, one of the places I go for ramen uh, has a t-shirt on the wall uh, that says, uh, My favorite type of men is ramen. Oh, that's a good one, too. That,
1: yeah, that is a good one.
2: I like that one. That one grossed uh, Kevin out a little bit. A little. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, so... Cone's not having it, and he's not letting the uh, villages have it, so uh, Jourdain was unable to convince the locals to sell to uh, the English. So he we went to meet Cone in person, and they took a dislike to each other immediately, obviously. They broke out into swearing at each other and trading insults. They slap each other with gloves? <laughs> no, but, um, like, the people around did kind of have to, like, Hope that it went well because they were like, "Are we about to like just have like the ending of Reservoir Dogs on the stock <laughs> like over some spice?" Yeah, the yeah. This entire thing is over nutmeg.
1: <laughs> and was it was the guy who he was arguing with? Was he like by himself or was he did he have like a like a fleet or something with him? Or is it just one like one random dude in like a shanty who was like, "Hey, I want some of these clothes. No, Jordan's outfit seemed a
0: little bit more organized than just like every boat, like okay. on their own. Like I think he had several ships, but it, it certainly wasn't like a full fleet or anything, yeah. so he couldn't he couldn't like bully Cone. Um but he was able to get under his skin a little bit by remarking about Cone's uh youth and lack of un- uh experience, in particular pointing out his underdeveloped facial hair. Like, like, oh no, look, look how scraggly your beard is. Uh, <laughs> That's sad. Not really. Uh, he deserved but, it. Yeah, but in the end, Cone came out victorious. Uh, and by that, I mean Jourdain was forced to admit defeat by sailing off without the de- the desired cloves. While keeping the English from getting cozy with the cloves was a victory, the real focus of the Dutch monopoly was on mace and nutmeg these only grew on the Banda islands where volcanic uh, activity had made the trees thrive. Like every time one of the uh, volcanoes, like not necessarily erupted, but just like spewed out any ash, uh, that ash would like fall on these trees and like get into the soil. And like, there's a lot of minerals and shit that Salt um, that's different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but just like, there's a lot of minerals and everything. And, uh, volcanic ash, so like that was the nutrients the nutmeg trees needed to grow. Like I said earlier, Lothor and Niran were within cannon shot of each other, and the between the work of Verhoff and Hone and now Cone, uh, they would already secured a monopoly agreement for those two islands. But the other two islands, I and Rune, were more remote, and they had a harder time to defend. Just because they were far away, so like they'd have to divide their forces or whatever. So English ships were still able to somewhat regularly pop in and out of Rune or I and trade with them. So it was hard to make it exclusive and because of that, like, they couldn't get the full monopoly they were looking for. They, uh, they couldn't have that.
2: They have ninety-nine percent of it pretty much, but they want that one extra percent.
0: Yeah. Still, uh, actually securing it would mean the Dutch were the only force in control of all the nutmeg in the world, which is something they were salivating at the thought of. So, with that in mind, in 1615, the Governor General Gerard Rinst led more than 1,000 company troops to force compliance from the islanders. They sailed there, assuming an easy victory by overwhelming the natives with their, you know, overwhelming firepower and technology. They were wrong. They were repulsed by the islanders who had received weapons and training from the English. Definitely guns, but I believe they also had some cannons. They also had home field advantage, you know. So, uh, like, the Dutch were repulsed, and this was a great and humiliating loss for them. Gerard Reince never recovered from the humiliation and died a few months later.
1: From losing? He was was so humiliated that he was like, "I, I would rather die didn't live anymore i i don't
0: like i couldn't find his exact cause of death um i'm i'm assuming the humiliation like weighed heavy on him Uh, he could have also picked up a disease or something but essentially like he sailed home and just like uh
1: depression
0: It's, it's,
1: it's like dying of a broken heart it's just dying of a erectile dysfunction Because he couldn't, you know, he couldn't get it up. He couldn't win.
0: I guess. Uh, Cone was furious and wrote to the Hareen 17 to express that the English, quote, want to reap what we have sown, and they brag that they are free to do so because their king has authority over the Netherland nation. You can be assured that if you do not send a large capital at the earliest opportunity, the whole Indies trade is liable to come to nothing. So, he's letting his bosses have it because, like they lost.
1: I like that they're like we need to fight the English down here in these islands all the way past Africa. But they, the Netherlands literally have to go out of their docks go past the English and go all the way around to fight them rather than being like hey let's just take it to their home field and then, then we can like do everything. They have to pass them to do this. Yeah, and because these are technically companies uh
0: like they're fighting all over Asia. They're fighting like they're fighting everyone. They're fighting the Portuguese and stealing their ships w- that are like heavy with like goods and uh and like uh valuables and they're just like privateering them. They're fighting the Spanish, uh they're fighting the the English. But like none of these or so yeah, least, these aren't um, the governments; these are the companies doing it. Yeah, right.
2: So, if a so like, company went and attacked foreign soil, that's like the English, then
1: you're going to start. I a I guess war. you would start a war. Yeah, okay. So this is this is like this is okay. So this is like McDonald's and freaking Burger King fighting over like a, a farm. Like, a, like we want the meat from that farm. So they're they're fighting somewhere else. Yeah,
0: um, yeah, cause like, cause the English and the Dutch at this point, I I believe are in like somewhat of a truce or or like they're they're somewhat friendly to each other as nations. But then <laughs> they're just letting like,
2: their children do whatever the fuck they want.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, their companies are just going to war against each other. It's like two mercenary bands, like each have loyalty to a certain nation, but neither of them are technically government officials so like they're just allowed free reign
1: i wonder if the government was like they they had to be like supplying them with like the ships and the guns and stuff right or where or i no, they weren't even like but they weren't putting any money or anything into it they probably put a bit of money in but it would have been like
0: because it's particularly the dutch uh, east india company because they were anonymous like they could have done it anonymously uh for shares in the company, for the most part, the these were just financed by rich merchants and um, and people who had the money to actually buy in.
1: Interesting.
2: So
0: when are they sending Cohen to these islands to fuck shit up? Uh, that'll be on the next episode. Because oh, uh, bitch, with uh, with the governor general. Um, Going home to die of humiliation or whatever, um, Cone is going to get his shot, but not immediately. It's going to take him a tiny bit more time.
1: So Cohen, um, the whole the whole time is just a big shit stir. He's just like he, he just, he's one of those guys who's just like he'll write a letter to like rile you up a little bit, and then he'll see what happens, and he'll write another one. Well, he's just obsessed with profit and like
0: losing a single cent like having any kind of profit slip through his fingers is like devastating and infuriating to him so like he keeps seeing opportunities he's like we could make more money if we just killed all these people and like the 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 Harine 17 is like well that seems a little bit drastic i mean we're making pretty good money he's like no you idiots we could be making more money Dude,
1: people all about like money People like this are crazy. It's like, oh, you already have $10 billion. No, I need $11 billion. It's like, there's no difference at that point. There's, there's no, no difference. You gain nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that's
0: where we're going to call it for this episode. We got one more episode of this. And that was like the last good place to stop. Because that's really the last victory. The bandanese are gonna have. I just have spoiler alert. I just have
1: one question about Cohen, sure. since uh, sure. since we're talking about like his background and everything. Did he have a family oh. or anything at this time, or was he just like he was just solo Jolo, like all about the money. He was uh, is it American Psycho with what, what that guy's name is? Uh, at this point, he is solo. Um. So he he's American Psycho, just with trading. And now he's about to do his murder spree. He doesn't have time for bitches. He needs money. <laughs> yeah, but um, what, what do you do with that money if not get bitches? Right? Isn't that the isn't that the whole point of it's the just money? Just
2: getting mo money. That's all <laughs> that matters.
0: Yeah, because first you get the money, then you get the power, then you get the bitches. Then
1: you get okay. So he's got to so, get. He, so he's he's still on money. He's on
0: step one and two. <laughs> <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> There's something I'm trying to find because I've I've heard it somewhere uh, about his thoughts towards women besides just finding the more promiscuous ones to be disgusting, but um, but I haven't been able to track it down yet because a lot of these um, like a, it's very hard to find information on these uh, on this guy that's in English. There's a lot of books that have been written in Dutch uh, and like they just haven't been translated. Yeah, and, like, even even Google's like, oh, we can translate this, and then, like, you only get part of it. So, um, next week I'll hopefully be able to find uh, what I'm looking for as far as what he wanted from, like, his colonists and everything. But we'll also get to uh, did it, what he does with the Bandanese.
1: Did it say anything about, like, in the, either of the books, did it say anything about, like, his childhood or anything? Like, did he... Like, baptize... Well, I know that, but, like, did he grow up with a mom and dad, or, like, was he, like... He did. Okay.
0: Um, but they sent him off to Rome to become a... Do the
1: tax stuff? to Yeah, learn how to, to become do an stuff. accountant
0: when he was 13, so... Um, so he... Pre- yeah,
1: he... He might
0: be gay. It wasn't a
1: whole lot. Because didn't Rome, like, when you were an apprentice... Like, the older guys showed you how to, like, be with women, and he might have just liked it. Isn't that a Roman thing?
0: I think that's more of a Greek thing. Oh, that's a
1: Greek thing? Uh, I might, yeah, I might be a little different. I mean, there there was
0: plenty of other stuff like that the Rome, Romans did, but... In any case, that's not the case here because um, this is quite a bit later. Like but there, ancient Rome hasn't been around for a while.
1: Oh yeah, I'm. Did, uh, I, I, I don't know. Why I'm thinking this is ancient no. Rome. This is like. This is like. This bo- is 400. Catholic yeah, years ago. yeah. This is like more modern. Okay. Yeah, I, I went way back, didn't I? <laughs> when, yeah. Uh, uh, this is like what Catholic Rome at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't say like neither of the books said like he had like before 13 neither of them said he had like a good happy childhood no it really didn't mention anything at all about his childhood uh one of the books is about the
0: uh english east india company so
1: um
0: like most of what they do that's like actually like worth talking about comes
1: later um I'm just wondering, like, what made him this way. I guess he... Also, growing up, like, on a ship and... I mean, I, I think he's a psychopath. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. He sounds like one, well, to be honest. I, I think that's what made him what he is. Yeah. That's what I've got for this episode. Any uh, final thoughts, guys? No. I'm excited to hear about his devastating massacres, because I'm assuming they're coming. I'm assuming he's about to wipe out full villages and islands and... Mm-hmm. Just destroy everyone for nutmeg. I just want to remind everybody: this was like uh, about
2: 400 years ago. In <laughs> yep. the time scale of things, I, I, just, yep. I just I just want to bring that back up. This was not that long ago.
0: Yeah, it really wasn't. Um, yeah, we'll we'll get to um, we'll get to that. Like his response to this yeah. after. Uh, he also shit talks his bosses a lot, which is like the only endearing quality in him is, like, he just says some wild shit to his bosses. Like, like you you saw a little bit of that when he expressed his frustration um, about the bandanese beating him. But it's gonna get like he's gonna have more of those.
1: I do, I do love, I did love hearing about the English just going around and shooting their cannons off. There's like. <laughs> well, they're just having a jolly old time it's, uh, it's like I, I mean like I I get the desire but it's just like man you guys are really not good at this <laughs> like a, there's a fishing boat out there and they're like oh that's an enemy just just shoot him a Please, can we kill it? <laughs> That's what? probably what they're doing. They're like,
2: what about that guy? Can we kill him? Or it's like it's a fishing boat, and one of the guys on the ship's like, Oh, I know him. He's one of my best friends. Let's send off a salute for him. And then winds up sinking his ship because I forget to take the cannonballs out. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: and, and there is a lot of, like, it's not technically piracy, but, like, they they do attack a lot of, like, portuguese ships uh and just like take their ships and all the shit in it and like sometimes it was very very profitable because uh, a lot of uh, the portuguese ships they had these huge uh ships called carracks that were like super overloaded with um with like goods and everything but didn't have like the weaponry to or, like really yeah. defend it
1: yeah, they were going out there for like a nice trading route. They weren't going out there to shoot their cannons off. They were, like, they were like, let's get as much as we can. The the English was like, let's just destroy as much as we can. If we don't bring anything home, at least we beat up some people. Well, also, uh, like for
0: the hundred years preceding this, there was basically like the Portuguese knowing this route and then um, Francis Drake knowing this route. And that's like it. And so suddenly all these new ships are coming in and they're like, where, where the fuck are they coming from?
1: It's like when you have like a secret shortcut to like to the, through the back roads and then everybody else figures it out and you're like, fuck, it's not a shortcut anymore. It's just, it's yeah. just everybody now it's else. Now <laughs> yeah, it's just the path. Yeah, it's just everybody else's commute, and you're like, fuck, there's traffic.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of brought this up last time, but um, like the Portuguese were like the only ones who knew the the way around africa like everyone else had to go over land if they wanted to trade uh with with uh, any of the asian market but uh, the ottoman empire had like closed off the silk road uh to christians so like all these christian nations are like well fuck we gotta figure out that sea route it's so stupid christians and
2: catholics fucking stupid
1: and they've been. Yeah, well, it's been religions. religious wars forever.
2: Yeah. We'll continue to as well. It's really it's, awesome. Love it. Really it's, great. It's
1: it all comes from power. They want power, but there's like, in all religions, there's good people that don't care about the power. They just care about like the love and stuff. Like, in every single one of every single religion, it's just you get the big you get the big dogs who who want the power that come with. The, The with come that comes with religion, and that's just not how it should be.
2: With great power comes great religion. Yep, that's what I remember Uncle Ben saying.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you make some good rice, though. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I think we can call it there then. Well, guys, thanks for listening catch us for more on x at what underscore we underscore consume and on instagram at what we consume podcast this year 2024 uh we should be a lot more active with everything cross your fingers dot your eyes don't cut off your toes don't know where i was going with that but uh on to mike uh
2: yeah um i'm i'm here i'm on the twitter (laughs) <laughs> Dave's been trying to bark, so I was gonna see if he was gonna say something, but he's not now because I'm manhandling him. But you can catch me on the X at uh, Michael Ray V and on Blue Sky at Grassman94,
0: and that's all I got. And I am uh, on Twitter and Blue Sky at King Hagathor. Other than that, bye bye.